Hello and welcome to The Shana Show. I'm your host, Shana Safi, a qualified nutritionist and holistic health coach. I'm on a mission to help you live a nourished life on every single level. When it comes to your health, your purpose, your growth and everything in between, this podcast is a tool to guide and inspire you towards becoming your happiest and healthiest self. So if you're hungry for growth, you are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. This week on the podcast is one of my besties, Kate Barnes, who I also refer to as Katie. She is a fellow nutritionist, a Pilates instructor, and is just an absolute machine when it comes to all things health and well-being. Such a pleasure to have her here today, and we're going to be diving into the foundations of healthy eating. Thank you so much for joining me, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. We'll have to get you on more when you're not on the road and your beautiful van trip around Australia. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So to get into it today, let's chat a little bit about our real food philosophy. Um, Yeah. What do you want to say about real food and why it's important? Mm -hmm. So I think you and I both share the same values and philosophies that our motto is just eat real food. So by real food, we mean no additives, it hasn't gone through any processes, none of those yucky natural colours, natural flavours, thickeners, all those kind of things, as close to the real source as it can get. Yeah, absolutely. More stuff from the earth, less out of a packet or a box. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you're probably one of the best people to talk to when it comes to eating healthy because you're so good at cooking delicious and nutritious meals. And we've worked together for years creating healthy recipes and we're both like recipe developers that just absolutely love teaching this real food philosophy and showing how delicious real food can be. What are some of your top tips when it comes to making that real food really tasty and really enjoyable? Mm -hmm. I think one of the number one um, tips would be just to keep it simple. If you are buying beautiful, in-season, fresh, preferably organic produce, the flavours are going to keep uh, speak for themselves. So by keeping it simple and not overcomplicating it, you're doing that produce proud. Yeah, so true. And using things like those herbs and spices yeah. just can be game changers, can't they? Absolutely. Just yeah. one or two of your favourite herbs or adding a spice to a fried egg or something like that can just lift that flavour, take it up a notch, which makes us really enjoy our food. Yeah. And we're also getting the benefit from those herbs, all those spices. Yeah, so rich in like phytonutrients and things. They're amazing. Yeah, the more the merrier. And it's increasing the variety of the which we'll talk about (laughs) today too. (laughs) And actually, while we're talking about flavouring things and herbs and spices, I think something we often overlook and that has been demonised a little bit in the past is salt and pepper. Yes. Like season your food, guys. Yes. A spinach leaf by itself isn't going to taste the best but as soon as you add some salt and pepper to it and a little bit of olive oil it's like yes I'm going to enjoy this food exactly it makes such a difference yeah when it comes to salt our recommendations would be having a good quality sea salt or Himalayan rock salt as opposed to an iodized table salt Mm -hmm. and that's purely because it's been less processed um, and you're getting more of those trace minerals that are originally present in the salt rather than the iodized table salt, which has everything removed. And then they add in some iodine because they've taken it all out. So. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And salt, we need to preface, we need salt in our diet. Yeah. Our cells function from us consuming salt. Yeah. So if we are removing salt completely from our diet we're actually doing more harm than good yeah exactly yeah we're big on quality over like things like cutting things out completely Mm -hmm. like something like salt it's just swapping to the right kind of salt Mm -hmm. and decreasing the amount of processed foods we eat because they're really high in highly refined salt Mm -hmm. that's where all the problems come in with our salt and fluid balance and all of that yeah great point yeah Awesome. So that's a bit about flavoring. Actually, while we're talking about this and making meals delicious, Mm -hmm. let's also talk about like dressing things in other ways. Yes. So some like healthy salad dressings, like even lemon, lime, orange juice. What are some of your fave like condiment kind of things Mm -hmm. that actually still get the real food tick of approval? My favorite dressing would have to be olive oil, Dijon mustard, apple cider vinegar and honey. Yum. Dijon mustard is just like such a winner. I Put it on anything. Everything and anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another condiment that I love is tahini. Yeah. So creamy. Dressing. Yeah. And then you get that added benefit 
of the calcium from the sesame seeds as well a little bit of protein as well so if you are vegan or vegetarian it's a great um, condiment to add to your meals yeah so true and with tahini if you've never tried it you probably want to go for the hulled tahini it's like sweeter as opposed to the unhulled it's more bitter we're getting more of the nutritional benefits from the Mm unhulled because it's more of the whole seed um, but if you need to work your way towards that, that's totally cool too. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I, I still go for the, um, hold, unhold, held, held, confusing. the lighter one I look for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find depending on how I'm using it is how I choose. Yeah. So for example, if I'm putting in like a chocolate smoothie because mm-hmm. the cacao is already a bit bitter and it's disguising it and it's going to be with a banana that's sweet, I'd go for the unhold. Yep. So it doesn't matter that it's a bit more bitter. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's for something like a dressing, I'd probably go the hulled. Yeah. Because it's that little bit sweeter and less bitter. Less intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's some great dressings. We've also got stuff like tamari and lime and chili for oh, like yeah. an Asian style dressing. Mm-hmm. Balsamic vinegar, another great amazing one. one. These days there's a lot more of those kind of like condiments and dressings coming out that are just like the real foods yep. as opposed to like even mayo now. You can mm. find some great mayos as opposed to in the past. They were like filled with vegetable oh. oils. And if you haven't listened to one of the last episodes where Rachel and I talked about vegetable oils, we went on a bit of a rant about it. Um, basically vegetable oils, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like finding more of those condiments that are real foods yep. and using that to enhance the already delicious flavours of yep. the simple whole foods that we're eating on our plate. Yeah, there's definitely some great brands out there these days, even for yeah. your basic things like your tomato sauce and your barbecue sauce. Yeah. There's some great brands out there that are just pure, simple ingredients. Yeah, shout out to Undivided Food Co. Love them. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> that is who we were referring to when we're talking yeah. about tomato sauce and mayonnaise and things. <laughs> they can thank us later. <laughs> Sponsor? <laughs> too funny um and some other ways of making things taste delicious are there any more that come to mind before we move into building a balanced plate I think like you mentioned before just um citrus as well Mm. great way to enhance flavor great way to balance out flavor and once again you're getting the benefits of citrus um fruits And you're getting, say, if you're having some spinach or you're having protein that's got or any kind of food that's got iron in it, you're going to enhance the absorption of iron by having the vitamin C from your citrus fruits. So just simple things that you can do to enhance absorption of nutrients without really having to think too much about it. Yeah, such a good point. I love that one. Yeah. And it's so easy. Like just to drizzle a lemon or some lime over something and it just really enhances the flavour profile. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, love it. And while we are talking about this kind of stuff, let's talk seasonality. Seasonality, yes. (laughs) Seasonality is a big one. I think um, we sometimes overlook it or we – because everything's so available to us in the supermarkets these days, we don't really think about it. But if we eat seasonal, it means our produce is going to be fresher, number one, so it hasn't travelled far. Number two, it's going to taste better because it's in season. It hasn't been sitting in a storage container for a long period of time and it's going to be more nutritious because it's been picked fresh. Mm, so true. Yeah, we're big on seasonal eating. Um, And the same goes like from ingredients to types of meals that you're Mm -hmm. eating as well, like eating a lot more cooked food and warm stuff in winter as opposed to more like salads and raw foods in summer. Um, And trusting that nature is giving us the foods we need in particular seasons based on the nutrition profile as well. Like something Katie and I are big on is like citrus fruit is really in season in winter when we need that extra vitamin C and those things that are great for our immune system. And then in summer, we've got things like the stone fruits, which mm-hmm. can be great for um, supporting our skin health yep. when we're spending so much more time in the sun. So, mm-hmm. yeah, nature's super smart. We, so smart. Yeah. We don't give it enough credit. We don't, do we? <laughs> <laughs> it's got our back. We've just got to listen to it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Seasonality is a big one. I think uh, – sorry, Shana, to cut you off. One other point is it's more cost-effective yes. as well. So much more cost-effective to buy something that's in season yeah. rather than buying a mango that's $10 because mangoes don't grow – 
at certain times of the year. Same with berries and same with um, tomatoes and things like that. It's like that's why it's so much more expensive because it costs more to grow it because it doesn't actually grow in the weather of that time of year, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it does. And like we're having to ship it from all over the yeah. world. So it has all these food miles and all this impact on the environment too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's not going to be as fresh if it's coming all the no. way from like Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure fridges and freezers are really high quality compared to back in the day and they're probably yeah. retaining some of it, but still it defeats the purpose. Like if we can support local farmers, it's another big win. Going to farmer's markets is a yeah. great way to shop seasonally because mm-hmm. they only have what's seasonal. So you don't have to be like, oh, what's in season? Because it's like, what's available at the farmer's market? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And different countries have different um, regulations in terms of what they can spray on their produce. So if it's coming from overseas, you don't know how that um, piece of fruit or that vegetable has been grown and what conditions it's been grown in because um, it's from a different country. Such a good point. Really good one to factor in. And on that note, like we, Katie mentioned earlier about preferably organic produce, it's great to buy organic where we can, not always cost effective. So you can also um, use your own discretion to see what's suitable for you. Um, but there are other ways around it, like the Clean 15 and the yep. Dirty Dozen. Yeah. I use I use that a lot. Yeah, I, I've got things, I've got my non-negotiables, which I will buy organic just because I know how heavily sprayed they are. And then there's other things like, that have a skin that we don't eat like avocados bananas those kind of foods that don't get sprayed or I know that the pesticides haven't actually gone into the part of the flesh of the fruit or vegetable that I'm eating so it's okay to just buy conventional yeah exactly yeah it's a great point and if you aren't familiar with the clean 15 or the dirty dozen you can just google them and you'll get a list and you can take that along to the shops next time good one (laughs) Awesome. So we've talked a little bit about seasonality. Let's talk about building a balanced plate. So we have our balanced plate formula that's super easy, straightforward. Would you like to share it with the audience? I sure would. (laughs) (laughs) So we break it down into the macronutrients that we need. So you've got healthy fats, you've got a good quality source of protein, you've got your complex carbohydrates and then you've got your fiber which is coming from your vegetables or fruit whatever you're putting into your plate um and shana you have a really great way of how to measure each kind of each macronutrients and what a plate should look like yeah yep so for an overview of that it's 50 percent of the plate should be veggies which Mm -hmm. is like you're getting your fiber from Um, And veggies are just something that should be a staple of our diet. To measure out a serving size of veggies, um, you're looking at about a fist. So that's about a cup. Um, So one cup of raw veggies is a serve and half a cup of cooked veggies is a serve. So in every main meal, you want like ideally two to three serves of veggies. Um, It's going to depend on the meal, but that would be kind of a good guideline for it. So you're looking at anywhere between one and a half to three like fist size of veggies. Um, and it may sound like a lot, but if you think about how much can go into a salad, like that gets pretty big, pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always use like giant bowls for salads because the normal size just isn't enough. Same. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's one easy way to measure the vegetable side of it. Then protein is about a quarter of the plate, which would be the equivalent of about a palm. So everyone's palm is a different size. Everyone needs different amounts of protein. It's a great way to use as a guideline and be like okay palm size of meat or beans or whatever it may be um, and that'll be a really good guideline of what to add similar thing with with complex carbohydrates which is another quarter of the plate which brings us to a full plate Um, and we're looking at about a cupped hand full of um, whether it's a whole grain whether it's a good quality like pulse pasta or something like a wholemeal spaghetti or whatever it may be that's your complex carb also things like sweet potato pumpkin potato they would all fall under the complex carbohydrate um section category (laughs) category Category as well um and remember not to be afraid of carbs um yeah we're big advocates of having a healthy amount of complex carbohydrates so they're the less refined carbohydrates as opposed to the super processed ones but we need carbs to function carbs are actually our body's preferred fuel source it breaks down the easiest 
Um, and when eaten as part of a balanced plate and eating the right types, it's going to support all of your goals, even your weight loss goals. Because I know one of the main reasons people cut carbs out is because they think it'll help them lose weight. Um, but it's important to factor in that as women, we need carbs for hormone production as well. Like it's super important. Um, yeah, we could probably do a whole episode on we why really carbs could. are important. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to do a little one on that too at some point. But for today, the main takeaway is about a quarter of your plate should be carbohydrates, ideally. And then lastly, we have the healthy fats, which is one serve of healthy fats. So that might be something like a quarter to half of an avocado. It might be like a tablespoon of like a nut butter or a seed butter, like tahini that we were talking about before. It might be a tablespoon of olive oil. Um, sprinkle of nuts and seeds. There's many ways we can get healthy fats into our meals and we want to make sure we've got at least some healthy fats as part of all meals. Yeah, definitely. And to touch on, I think uh, fats also can sometimes get a bad rap as with carbs. Once again, we need healthy fats to support a lot of um, systems in our body. Once again, for hormone production, hormones are made out of fat so we need fats yeah. to create hormones same with all your fat soluble vitamins a d mm. e and k we need fats to um what's the word i'm looking absorb. for to absorb yeah. to absorb those vitamins so if we're taking fat away mm. we're actually once again doing more harm than good yeah. so it's not about cutting anything out it's about creating balance between all of those macronutrients that we've listed. Absolutely. And yeah, choosing the right types. Yes. Like for example, those whole food fats that we were just talking about can be so much more beneficial than like a processed vegetable oil yep. or other forms of like unhealthy fats. Yep. Margarine. <laughs> Looking <Ooh>. at you. <laughs> Again, if you haven't listened to the episode of Rachel and I, we yell about all these kinds of things. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the balanced plate formula and how you can go about putting it together. It makes it really easy when it comes to meal time because you can be like, all right, what have I got in my fridge? How can I put it on my plate um, and get all of those macronutrients? Yeah, and that's what I do. I go complex carbs, tick, protein, tick, healthy fats, tick, veggies, tick, done. Yeah. You don't have to put your plate and put it into portions it's just having that little checklist to be like okay I've ticked off all my macronutrients great I've got a macro balanced meal I'm going to be satiated it's going to keep me full it's going to keep me energized throughout the day yeah absolutely and that's such a good point when your meal is balanced it's going to keep you more full because it's got everything our bodies need so it's going to last longer and we're just going to have that energy and a bunch of the nutrients that we need to get throughout the day as well yeah definitely yeah amazing Uh, Let's talk a little bit about variety now. So we know what a balanced plate looks like and how to put together a healthy and delicious meal with all of our suggestions earlier. Um, How can we get more variety onto our plate? Variety. I like to look at, there's a a few ways. There's looking at food as a rainbow. So making sure that you're getting all different types of colours into your um, diet each day. Um, another way is just to mix things up. Sometimes we can be creatures of habit. So we'll eat the same thing for breakfast or we'll eat the same thing for lunch every day, which can be really helpful when we're time poor, but it can sometimes mean we're not getting the variety that we need. Yeah. I think optimally we need, is it 30 or 40? I think it's a minimum of 30, but ideal 40 would be better. Yeah. Yeah. Minimum 30, ideal 40 different kinds of foods throughout our week. Yeah. So the more the variety that we can add, the better for our gut health, the better for our microbiome. So out that those little bugs in our gut can feed off and keep producing to keep our gut nice and healthy. Yeah, it's so true. Variety is just absolutely vital for our gut. Just like we need different foods to get different nutrients from our gut. There's so many different species in there that like different species need different foods. Yep. So we can look after that little colony that's in there doing its thing, helping us survive (laughs) by giving them lots of different food. And then we're also ensuring we get lots of nutrients too, which is awesome. Exactly. And by eating colourful, it means that we are getting all those beautiful um, nutrients from all different types of foods. So, but if we're just eating one colour of food, We're not going to get all of our nutrients because it doesn't just live in one food. So getting that variety is key. Yeah. And 40 or 30 might even sound overwhelming, but I 
promise you, if you start to add up yeah. all the things, especially if you're factoring in herbs and spices, mm-hmm. it adds up really quickly. Like yeah. you can usually get there in a few days, then it's all just bonus. Exactly. <laughs> and it's a great, I, I challenge anyone listening now to start writing down all the different foods they eat in a week and yeah. adding up how many different foods they've actually consumed. And I think you'd be quite surprised. Yeah, absolutely. And even like if you are repeating meals, for example, like if you're doing meal prep at the start of the week and you're having the same lunch every day or the same dinner every day, there's ways to make sure you're still getting mm-hmm. that many ingredients. And that's purely by making sure there's lots of ingredients in each meal. Yep. Because if you're batch cooking, it's easy. Like you're going to be chopping up a lot of veggies anyway. Just make them different types of veggies rather than all one veggie. Um, And then you're like, you can hit 10 in that meal. Yep. And yes, you might be having it five days, but you're still getting 10 from that. Then you've got all your dinners, you've got your breakfast, you've got your snacks. You're still going to get there very quickly. Yeah. Or, you know, if you are cutting up heaps of veggies, it's like that meal might have broccoli and carrot but in the next one I'm going to change it up and put cabbage and cauliflower or something yeah so the base of the meal is still the same but you're just tweaking it slightly to get a bit more variety in your diet yeah such a good one and even things like smoothies are so easy just to keep yep. chucking foods in. like <laughs> at all nuts and seeds. <laughs> maybe not too many but <laughs> I always do that pantry right it's like oh this could go in the smoothie oh this could go yeah let's just chuck that in there as well yeah <laughs> such a great way twenty dollar smoothie <laughs> yeah. cafe style right <laughs> Yeah, so there's plenty of ways to increase that variety and hopefully you can see the importance of it too from that nutritional and from the gut perspective. I love the eating the rainbow rule. Such an easy way to remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Let's talk about supermarket shopping. Mm. So especially now that we know the balanced plate formula. So when we go to the supermarket, we want our shopping trolley to reflect that. Absolutely. We want 50% of our cart to be vegetables because – 50% of each meal is going to be veggies, so it it adds up. (laughs) So do you want to give some guidelines for the best way to navigate the supermarkets? Let's use it from a supermarket standpoint because that's where a lot of people shop, but then we'll also give some tips around like shopping local and everything after. Yeah, so the supermarket can be overwhelming. There's so many options out there these days. Um, So one of the guidelines that I like to recommend is to stick to the border of the supermarket because that's where you find all your fresh produce. In the aisles is where all that more processed, packaged foods are. Whereas if you follow the supermarket around the border, you've got all of your beautiful fresh produce you've got your dairy so your cheeses your milks milk milk alternatives all that kind of stuff you've got your butter you've got all your frozen veggies frozen um, fruits all around the border of the supermarket so stick to that and then I think it's good to know where familiarize yourself with your local supermarket so then you're not having to walk down every single aisle you know exactly where to go for those things you need you know like your canned coconut milk or those your long life um, almond milk or your brown rice or peanut butter or something like that you know which aisle to walk to directly so then you're not having to walk up and down aisles and get tempted by other foods yeah so true and never shop when you're hungry never <laughs> shop when you're hungry <laughs> yeah, like we all know that, just in case <laughs> it's so much harder to go and not end up with half the supermarket you spend so much more money because <laughs> you're like oh, i could eat that right now oh but that looks good too <laughs> yeah. But yeah, some really great points and I'm fully behind that as well. Those edges is where a lot of the good stuff is at yep. and then some of those staples are down a few of the aisles but most of the aisles are just junk. Like you can't even consider it food. It's pseudo food. <laughs> I spend a lot of time in the supermarket because I like to look at products and read the ingredients and the labels and see what people are bringing out. And yes, there are some really great products available to us but there's also some really crappy ones that they sell as healthy and then you look at the back of it and I just I just put it back down I read one ingredient that's (laughs) uh, that's not good and I'm like nah bye back you go (laughs) (laughs) so true and you've touched on a really great point there when it comes to looking at things that do come in a package look at the ingredients list yeah 
Don't look at the nutrition panel. It's not as important. That ingredients list is where it's at because once we can see if it's made up of real food or not, that's automatically going to tell us, is it a good product to buy or is it something that I don't even bother considering? Yep. So looking for real food ingredients that you understand, none of the additives, preservatives, all sorts of numbers, thickness, some of those things Katie mentioned earlier as well. We want to steer clear from all of those. Even the ones that say they're natural, <laughs> like the natural flavors and natural colors, they're still highly, highly processed and they're umbrella terms that are actually hiding any number of ingredients that have been very highly processed. Yeah. And that's, I think people, um, yeah, I know Shana and I are big uh non-advocates for natural flavors and natural colorings because yes it's got the word natural in it but that does not mean that it is a whole food it just means it originated from a natural source but has been through many chemical processes before it's even got into the food yeah and one way I like to look at it as well we talk about like real food ingredients Mm. Flavor isn't an ingredient. No. It's a description of something. It's like, <laughs> what is natural what is flavor? flavor? Like, <laughs> that's not a food. It's even worse when it just says, sometimes it'll say like peach natural flavor, but sometimes it just says natural flavor. And I'm like, what yeah. What actually is natural flavor? What are you Legit. trying to replicate here? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Something that really drives me mad when it comes to natural flavors, and I know Rachel and I spoke about natural flavors too, but I'm going to just mention this because we didn't talk about this. But Sometimes you'll get something that's like a chocolate flavor, right? Yeah. And like so easy to flavor something with cacao, a real food. Yep. Um, but then they'll use natural chocolate flavor instead of cacao. And one of the downfalls, not only is it like more refined and not a real food, but it also means you're not getting the benefits of that food. For example, something like cacao, that's a superfood. It's so nutrient dense. It's got so many amazing things about it. But if you're having a natural chocolate flavor, you might be getting that yummy flavor, but you're not getting any of the benefits that you could have (laughs) no and it's you know you it's not I look at some products and I think how much more expensive would it have been just to use the flavor itself like the cacao rather than natural chocolate flavor um so yeah that's a great point Shana yeah yeah, it's an interesting one. Like it's a lot of the um, big food companies yeah. too, which have the money to put into quality ingredients, but they're putting it into marketing instead. Yeah. And it's like, come on guys, like give us the good quality food and that'll like market itself for you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We'll shout you out on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> too funny. Awesome. So that's a little bit about navigating the supermarkets. Any other tips there? Um, oh, another thing I touched on, um, there's the frozen fruit and vegetable yeah. section. We should not think demonize frozen fruit and vegetables at all. I think they are such a great food source because when something's frozen, it means it's been freshly picked and it's been snap frozen. So all of those nutrients are being held in that vegetable or fruit. So if you are wanting something that is out of season, go to the frozen food section rather than buying it from the fresh produce section because it's going to be higher in nutrients because it was picked when it was in season Mm -hmm. that is such a good point um and I think because when we think of the frozen food or fruit freezer section we Mm. think of all like the highly processed like pizza meals and like Mm. all the other shit that's in there (laughs) in which case it's like yeah stay away from those yeah the fact that there's like good quality fruit and veg in there too um yeah like frozen berries that's like a staple I swear I buy that every week same (laughs) me too yeah and so good for us because we're still getting all of those antioxidants as Katie said it's picked and then frozen straight away so it could even potentially be more nutritious than some of those fresh ones that have been sitting there for longer and lost more of their nutrients so yeah frozen veggies where it's at it also makes um, meal prep easier in some cases yeah chopped up for you ready to go Yeah, so don't be afraid of that. And I love the point about when stuff's not in season, getting it from the freezer. I'd also add that if it's coming towards the end of a season, let's say mango season and mangoes are cheap, buy a box of mangoes, chop them up and put them in the freezer. Like it's so cost effective. You can enjoy it for longer because then you've got some frozen. Um, Yeah. And it's cheaper than buying frozen mangoes in the supermarket. So true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Great little bit tip. more effort, but um, yeah, it means Worth we can it. enjoy some of those foods that aren't around all year. Yeah. And yeah. that's, um, I think another point to touch on there is making things like jams, chutneys, uh, pickling vegetables. It's yeah. if something's in season and it's, you're, you've either grown it yourself or um, a 
grocer is selling it for relatively quite uh, relatively cheap. Yeah, buy it and preserve it. I yeah. think uh, we've lost our ways a little bit. I know it's coming back now, but in preserving fruits and vegetables, yeah. I think it's a great. It's cheap, and you can. It's a great way to enhance the flavor of any meals. Yeah. Like a you know a pickle in some meals. I, I love pickles, so I'll add so them to <laughs> salads or. Um, you can pickle zucchinis, you can pickle anything and it's actually adding to the probiotic val- um, probiotic value of that food because yeah. you fermented it. So it's great for your gut as well. Yeah, and you also can control what you're putting into it yes. when you're pickling it yourself because some of like the pre-bought ones have sugar and stuff in the brine and it's like, yep. oh, do we really need that? <laughs> or natural. I've seen natural flavours and I've Why? seen natural colouring in some <laughs> pickles for example and I'm like why does this need this yeah. you know so whereas like you said you can control and you can add whatever flavor you want you can make it spicy you can make it or you could use like a honey or like a maple syrup to add that little bit of sweetness rather than the refined sugar yeah. that's in a lot of um preserved foods yeah so true really love that point I'm all about getting more into the preserving and the pickling and the fermenting dehydrating as well oh yeah good one Mm. yeah dehydrators for the win (laughs) 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 amazing does that pretty much bring us to the end of the supermarket section of this yeah I think so supermarket yeah just um and like when you're reading like shana said food label the ingredients is always number one yeah i think a lot of people get caught up on the nutrition panel but that's not really telling us what's inside of the food and if there are any words on there that you don't understand put it back Mm, yeah (laughs) (laughs) simple as that (laughs) don't understand what that is back on the shelf it goes yeah not today (laughs) (laughs) or ever (laughs) Awesome. And then so we've talked about supermarket. Let's talk a little bit about shopping locally. Yeah. So we've spoken about how it's easier at like farmers markets to shop seasonally. We're also supporting small businesses, which who doesn't love that? Like so important to be supporting locals in our area. Um, You can find some really cool products. Like I know local health food stores Mm. are just like a like a treasure hunt you're just oh like God, they're like gold mines yeah. <laughs> if ever I see a local health food store I'm like I have to go in there and browse everything <laughs> yeah and like there's so much more in a health food store that is actually a real food product yeah. as opposed to the supermarket yes there's still going to be some stuff that makes it into health food stores that isn't the best but you're generally going to find mostly real food products um yeah it's way easier to find good stuff yeah <laughs> And, you know, there's also a great – there's a lot more out there. They're health food stores, but they also have the fresh produce section in them as well um, where you can find a lot more of your organic fruit and veg. Same with um, meats as well. I don't know if we – we didn't touch on that before, Shana, but if you are buying meats, um, you do want to try and buy as best quality as you can, whether that's grass-fed, free-range, or highest quality would be organic um, meat and meat and poultry yeah yeah such a good point and even for meat and poultry and seafood going to like local butchers yep. fishmongers is that a thing fishmonger fishmonger yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or again the markets all of those places you're more likely to be getting fresher stuff but if you can find organic shops in the market or like organic butchers for example I've got one near me and it's just so much easier because then you don't have to worry you know it's great quality meat yep and we get so much more from it. Like the healthier the animal is, the healthier it, the meat is going to be. Yeah. And then the better it's going to be for us. Like more nutritious. It's more ethical most of the time because yeah. the animals are treated properly. Um, so, yeah, it's just a big win all around. It is more expensive. But I always say like you can pay the farmer now or pay the doctor later. And it's just about choosing where you spend your money. And investing in health is something that's never going to go to waste. Because without our health, the quality of our life is so much lower. So it's worth that investment. I 100% agree. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, so butchers, fishmongers, local fruit and veg shops. Even there's lots of um, great delivery services yeah. out there these days. Um, fruit and vo- fruit and box, fruit <laughs> and vegetable boxes. Yeah. I know. I I personally, on a weekly basis, will get an organic veggie box delivered to my house, um, just because a for convenience and b I'm getting what's in season. So yeah. I know what's in season. 
And I like sometimes that it challenges me to think outside the box of what I'm going to cook for dinners or lunches each week because I've got to use the produce that I've been given rather than produce that I've selected myself. Yeah, such a good point. It's a great way to try new foods yep. and, yeah, for that seasonality, so, so beneficial. And they're quite cost cost effective as well. Yeah, amazing. And saves us time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to go to the shops every weekend or can still go but for less things. Exactly. Yeah, love it. Uh, bulk food stores is another really mm. good one. Um, really good for all of your pantry staples, even like spices and dried herbs and stuff. You can get all those in bulk these days. I think I've even seen like oils and nut butters yep. in some places. Honey, tamari. Yeah. And it's great for the environment as yeah. well because we're not getting everything in plastic um, packaging. Yeah. Um, we can either take our own jars or containers to those bulk food stores or you can get those paper bags which you can reuse multiple times and then they yeah. can be recycled rather than going into landfill. Yeah, such a good point. Less plastic for the win. And plastic also is full of xenoestrogens, yes. which can be an endocrine disruptor, which simply means it can impact our hormones. So if we can avoid having food wrapped in plastic or definitely not heating food when it's in plastic, like microwave meals, please take that out of the plastic, put it in a bowl. Microwave meals is another topic in itself. There's not many healthy ones. But if you are having something like that, then make sure you're not hitting it in the plastic. Please, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big put one. It, put it in a bowl and then put it in the microwave. Yeah. And try and store your stuff at home instead yes. of in plastic, um, in glass or stainless steel. Yeah. It's not always possible, particularly if you've got young kids around that are yeah. going to be smashing things. Um, so in some cases you have to store it in plastic, but where you can, it's recommended to go for glass or stainless steel, which yeah, stainless steel is pretty sturdy. It is very sturdy. <laughs> I need more yeah. stainless steel than glass because I drop everything. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Ikea for some more glass containers. <laughs> oh, too funny. Yeah, amazing. So that's our little shopping spiel coming to an end I reckon I think so yeah. yeah let's talk a little bit about some of our other food philosophies so obviously real food is a big one mm -hmm. but around like moderation not deprivation yes and like swapping in healthier options to crowd out the bad yes. um, let's chat about moderation first yeah I love that saying crowd out bring in the good and crowd out the bad so it's not about cutting anything out of what we eat because life is to be enjoyed yeah food is to be enjoyed um but it's about having that moderation so that 80 percent 20 percent philosophy whatever works for you just because if you eat one thing that's got additives or preservatives in it it doesn't mean you've undone all of your hard work yeah. it's about eating real food great quality food most of the time yeah. and then we can still enjoy ourselves like everyone's got those foods that they love and that brings them joy and it's if we're already supporting our body and doing everything right it means if we do eat something that does like I said contain preservatives or vegetable oils that have free radicals in it it actually means our body can support us more to process those foods yeah. and it's not going to create lasting damage to our body yeah exactly such a good point and I think it can be so easy to get into the all or nothing yeah. mindset but ultimately like when we're doing what we can majority of the time our body's so smart like yeah. people can eat unhealthy for like a lot of their life and still not be doing too badly like there's going to be some repercussions but our bodies are amazing and that's not to say we should just trash it we should look after it from that place of love and want to nourish it and know that if we have something that's less healthy or has the additives in it every now and then our body can totally handle it yeah 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 and like you said, coming from a place of self-love. So it's not looking at I eat healthy to look good. It's I eat healthy because I love my body and I want to nourish it and I feel good when I eat these kind of foods. So it's not about yeah. punishing or being or discipline or anything like that. It's about loving ourselves and wanting to nourish ourselves and feel good and all those other things like looking good and 
it all comes as a side effect, but that shouldn't yeah. be our number one main priority. Yeah, 100%. Knowing that we're worthy of feeling amazing and that we deserve to feel amazing and doing it from that place, doing yeah. it because it's like, fuck yeah, our body does so much for us. Yeah. Like, this is the least we can do. Absolutely. And never <laughs> punishing ourselves either. Like, no yeah, one's perfect. Exactly. You can never, if you try to, stri- if you strive to be perfect 100% of the time, yeah. you're never going to come from a place of love because you just keep punishing yourself where it's like okay yes I ate that I didn't feel great afterwards next time I probably won't eat it or I won't eat as much of it yeah so true having that compassion and just knowing that you're all good and you're doing your best and that's awesome a hundred percent yeah love that one Brilliant. So on similar note, let's talk about ways that we can bring in more good to crowd out the bad mm-hmm. through things like healthy swaps. Mm. So the less processed, the better. Yep. So things like whole grains are going to be better than the more processed stuff. So like yep. a whole grain pasta or a whole meal bread as opposed to like the white stuff. Yep. Um, what else have we got? Butter over margarine. Yes, always <laughs> butter, never margarine. And not even those plant-based margarines. Like Nuttalex. Yeah, sorry, but Nuttalex is not healthy. <laughs> it's hydrogenated vegetable oils. Yeah. It's worse than vegetable oils. It's just a no. And a lot of the time the uh, canola that they use is uh, genetically modified. So true, yeah. So it's just a, just a no-no. <laughs> yeah, genetically modified is not real. It's not no. going back to like the way nature intended. <laughs> That's another good point just with your f- food that you're consuming is to look out for GMO, non-GMO foods yeah. um, because we don't, we want to reduce our consumption of gen- genetically modified foods because we don't know what they're putting in it and we yeah. don't know how that's affecting our body. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely no long-term data because it's still relatively yeah. new to the food industry. Yeah, such a good point. A big one to look out for is um, soy products. If you're having tofu and tempeh um, or even soy milk, go for organic because soybeans are one of those things that can be genetically modified. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's probably many other things, but that's one of the main ones that comes to mind. Yeah, same with me. Yeah. Same with uh, corn as well. Corn's Ooh, a yes. big one. So if you're eating corn or something like a corn tortilla, if you're having tacos, yeah. try to go for the non-GMO or organic corn because that is um, genetically modified. That's a well-known genetically modified vegetable. Yeah, and corn is one of the highly sprayed vegetables mm. with glyphosate too, which Rachel and I talked about. I keep referring to that episode. There's <laughs> lots of like common threads here. <laughs> but yeah, so um, trying to avoid those heavily sprayed crops like the corn, like the wheat, um, they're two of the main ones that are coming to mind. But yeah, no GMO, no glyphosate. <laughs> just not welcome. eat real food. Yeah, <laughs> it's that simple. Like we could literally have this whole episode, just eat real food. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so some other healthy swaps, mm. um, swapping low-fat dairy to full-fat dairy. Yes. We spoke a little bit earlier. Katie mentioned why fat is so important. Yep. We really don't want to be avoiding it. It's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to help us stay fuller for longer. It's going to help with hormone production. It's going to keep our skin and our brain and cells and heart all healthier. Fat is good. It helps us also absorb the fat-soluble vitamins that yes. are in the dairy to begin with. 100%. So full-fat dairy for the win. Yeah. <laughs> We don't care that it's high calorie. It's not about that. (laughs) It's about the quality of the food. And the fact that it is more filling means you probably won't need as much, which means that it's going to end up low calorie in the long run, especially when you're having it as part of that balanced meal. Exactly. And you've got to think if they're taking fat out, what are they putting in? Yeah. It means that the sugar content of that, say we're talking about milk, if you're taking the fat away from the milk, the sugar content is going to increase, which means that – it's higher in sugar, you're not going to, like Shana said, stay fuller for longer because your blood sugar levels are going to go up and then they're going to go straight back down. Where if you've got the fat in it, it keeps your blood sugar levels nice and balanced, keeps you satiated. Yeah. And the full fat, full fat stuff tastes better yeah. than the low fat stuff. Yeah, it's way creamier. <laughs> <laughs> delicious. And remember, healthy food is supposed to be delicious. It should never be boring. No. <laughs> We're not like back in the 2000s when it was like lettuce <laughs> for lunch. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Lettuce with many other things, yes. <laughs> but not just a plate of lettuce, please. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Awesome. Then we have things like yogurt, actually, that's speaking of dairy, going mm-hmm. for a Greek yogurt as yep. opposed to a, like a conventional yogurt, which often has like lots of added sugar and flavoured yogurt is also a no-no because mm. they're using either artificial or natural flavours, both yep. of which are a no-no. Um, so yeah, flavouring it yourself with fruit. If you want a berry flavoured yogurt, just like put some berries through it or create like a berry coolie by heating up your berries over the stove. Yeah. Um, might take a little bit longer, but it's worth it for the long term health. So benefits. worth it. Yeah. Same with um, I see a lot of passion fruit yogurt. Yeah, scoop some passion fruit seeds out of a passion fruit, <laughs> put your yogurt on top, and you're good to go. Easy. <laughs> and if you like your yogurt a little bit sweeter, you can stir through some honey. Yeah. Um, so you're gonna get the benefits from the honey as well, or maple yeah. syrup if that's more your thing. Yeah. Um, so you can sweeten it yourself, and it means you can control how sweet something is and how much sweetener you are putting into it, yeah. rather than already buying a sweetened yogurt. Yeah. Such a good point. Any other healthy swaps? Things like tortillas you mentioned briefly earlier, going for like the corn tortillas yep. instead of the wheat tortillas. Yep. The tortillas are actually probably one of like the worst um, mm. ingredient profiles. Like tortillas wraps can be harder to find, just like real food ones. Yep. Um, but yeah, like 100% corn tortilla would be a lot better than one of those highly refined wheat ones. Same with wraps. There's some wraps that are made out of just like flour, water, yeah, the um, mountain bread wraps, they're really good yeah, ones. Yeah, mountain bread, Meb. Um, Meb. Yeah, there's a few different ones that are like actual real food ingredients yep. without all of the added additives. <laughs> <coughs> um, same with bread. Mm-hmm. I think you touched on bread as well, but just going for that wholemeal or a sourdough. Yes, a sourdough is a great bread to choose because it mean it's been it's got um it's been fermented, so you're getting that beneficial um, the beneficial bacteria from that the bread as well and the sourdough bread you feel it's a lot denser it's a lot heavier Um, so it does keep us fuller for longer as well than something like your highly refined tip-top wonder white (laughs) bread (laughs) I feel like it shouldn't even be called bread actually I think one of them on the packets it doesn't actually say bread anywhere (gasps) because like it's not really bread it can't be called bread (laughs) I'm pretty sure I noticed that once. I was like, actually, there's nowhere on this bag that it actually says it's bread. <laughs> Let's just call it cardboard. <laughs> but yeah, sourdough, so much better. Higher in fibre, like you said, yep. from that weight, you can feel the extra oh, fibre yeah. in there. <laughs> so it's going to be so much better for our gut, easier to digest, all of the great things. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about bread cereals as well. Mm, um yes. <laughs> There's a lot of not so great cereals out on the shelves at the supermarket. Um, there's not many that you can find that are good quality. Yeah. Um, see, uh, oats are the way to go. Yeah, for sure. Rolled yeah. oats. <laughs> you can make porridge. You can make overnight oats. You can make your own bircher. You can make your own muesli. Yeah. Mix a bag of nuts with a bag of oats. One of Shana's great tips. <laughs> You've got a great muesli. Add some yogurt, add some berries and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is just a lot of highly processed cereals out there which aren't going to keep us full. Yeah, so true. And even a lot of like the muesels and granolas yeah. that are store-bought, there's some good ones. Yep. But there's also a lot that have things like the vegetable oils mm-hmm. or have like added sugar and it's often under many names in there. So it's yes. quite a bit of added sugar. Um, what other sort of stuff? Um, it's got flavouring. Yeah. Um, They'll have fruit and dried fruit, but once again, it's got sunflower oil or something yeah. in there um, to preserve the fruit. So, yeah, making a um, granola, homemade granola, is always yeah. preferred. But obviously, that's if you've got time. Otherwise, yeah, mixing some nuts and some oats, or making overnight oats or chia pudding. Yeah, you're gonna. Um, it's actually cheaper to do it as well yeah, that way. Absolutely. So much cheaper. <laughs> and it's, yeah, so easy. It doesn't have to be really complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Uh, any other healthy swaps? I feel like we've touched most of them. Oil-wise, we've mentioned a bit how much we hate vegetable oils, but let's give you some healthier alternatives. Extra virgin olive oil, really good one. for. You can cook with it. You can dress salads with it. Yep. Just use it on everything. Yeah. Love some olive oil. Cold pressed as well. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, also things like butter and ghee for mm. cooking. Really good. Higher smoke point. Yeah. Ghee's, oil. ghee's got a really high smoke point. So um, yeah. great one for if you're 
doing any kind of frying, yeah, um, like a fried egg or something like that. Ghee is a great one, and it's yeah. um, lactose free as well. So if anyone yeah. is lactose intolerant, the lactose has been removed out of the butter to make ghee. Yeah, and similar to like when we want good quality meat and poultry mm. and stuff, it's the same with dairy. Yeah. So like a grass fed ghee or a grass fed butter is going to be better nutritionally. We're going to have more of those vitamins in it. It's also going to mean like there's less of the other toxic stuff, like the cows won't have been fed hormones that is then coming out in their milk. Yeah, um, they're fed better quality food. Like grass fed butter and ghee is the way to go. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so. And yeah, coconut oil. Yeah. And then you've got things like avocado oil, hemp oil, flaxseed oil that you can dress your um, salads with or dress your roasted vegetables with, but they, those ones are to stay away from heat because they do not have a very high smoke point. Yeah. Um, and then if something doesn't have a high smoke point, it means that you are oxidizing the fat in that oil, which means it goes rancid, which creates free radicals, which are damaging to the cells of our body. Yeah. That's what we mean by smoke point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it means we need more antioxidants exactly. to combat those free radicals. <laughs> so it's just better. Like it's great to get the antioxidants yeah. regardless, but don't add that pressure on our bodies. exactly (laughs) sorry avocado oil you can cook with yeah take that back you can cook it does have a high smoke point yeah but yeah um flaxseed and hemp really good for dressing yeah and they're great for the healthy fats as well Mm. really good for like omega-3 yep yeah beautiful and then probably one of the last ones would be noodles Mm. um steering clear of anything like a hockey and noodle or egg noodle or those kinds of ones yeah you'll see why if you look at the ingredients and then swapping for something like a vermicelli rice noodle, like yep. anything that's just rice and water. Yep. Or a soba noodle. Um, yeah. You do just want to read the packet of the soba noodle. A lot are mixed with wheat. Yeah. Um, but if you can find 100% buckwheat, yeah. they're, they're really great. Really good point. Yeah. The uh, What was that video? The Dr. Libby, um, she shared it with uh, you drink Gatorade and they drank um, noodles. Oh, that's right. And it just – they put a camera inside someone's intestines and it just sh- – our body cannot break down those two-minute – those noodles, those two-minute-style noodles. It just yeah. – it cannot break it down. So nasty. It's a great eye-opener if anyone yeah. <laughs> wants to watch it. Oh, I remember you showing me that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rice noodles for the win. <laughs> and this is one of the reasons why we are such, such big advocates for real food because yep. our body knows how to digest exactly. it. Like when we're eating highly processed food that's made out of like artificial – ingredients and stuff it's like it's foreign to our body Mm. we're not meant to eat it's not like how nature designed it so when we move back to the real foods we move back to the way that nature intended and the way that we've evolved to eat that's when we're going to be like way healthier because our body's like oh yeah I know what to do with this yeah (laughs) and once again these additives and flavorings and enhancers and thickness they haven't been around long enough yeah for there to be enough studies done to know how they're affecting our health long term yeah so true and even if you just look at like the rates of diseases and obesity and stuff since food became more processed yeah there's a massive like correlation between them yeah definitely like the more processed food gets the more diseases there are the more obesity the unhealthier everybody is so that enough for me is like I see what's going on and I think we just need to go back to eating that healthier food because we have amazing healthcare. yeah so it's not like it's because we just don't have the most up-to-date medicine like it's because we're eating ways that we're not designed to eat which is why it's causing more sickness and I really believe that health and like eating well is the best preventative um, and prevention is better than cure because yeah why, why have to deal with a cure when you can just prevent it in the first place? <laughs> exactly. And you look at um, the places which are called the blue zones, which yeah. where these diseases like obesity, heart attacks, diabetes, all of those kind of diseases, they're not prevalent in yeah. those areas because the communities don't have additives or preservatives or any packaged food. They just eat... Yeah real food um and it shows because they live longer their gut health is optimal um and they're really healthy and they don't have to go to hospital to deal with high cholesterol or they're not taking lots of medicines and being prescribed things because they just eat real foods yeah exactly such a good point and i was going to say something else about this i think it might have escaped me blue zone real foods 
diabetes. Oh, yes. Lifestyle <laughs> diseases. Most, yes. Like so many of the diseases that have the highest rates are lifestyle diseases. Yep. And I'm not saying this to be a bitch and be like, oh, people are bringing this upon themselves. But the food we eat has a massive impact on those kinds of diseases like diabetes, like lots of cardiovascular disease, all of those sorts of things. So if we can just change our lifestyle, change the way we eat, we can prevent those coming about. And the beautiful thing is our body is so intelligent that even if we are at a point where we're like borderline diabetes or we have diabetes, we can change our diet. It's not too late. And we can really significantly improve our health. And there's many conditions that can be reversed. So definitely. Yeah. And just keeping that in mind that it's never too late to change. Um, and there's so much we can do for our health. It's holistic. Like I'm so big on that. Like so are you, Katie. Like we, the nutrition we studied was like all about like holistic nutrition. Yep. Um, so food is one amazing aspect, but then there's all these other beautiful ways that we can look after ourselves. And it's just about doing what we can to have a lifestyle that supports health. Exactly. And it's the little things that count. It's not about doing this big lifestyle overhaul it's just about making small changes and those small changes add up and you will see results or you will see changes or you will progress by just changing little things in your lifestyle yeah absolutely you'll see it quite quickly and you'll feel a difference like we are designed to feel amazing yeah and I think a lot of the time we go through life being like oh I'm always so tired and we Mm -hmm. don't even realize we're so tired or we just think it's normal yeah but it's like hold on there might be something that's a little bit out. What can I change? What can I optimize? Yeah. So that I feel awesome because, yep. yeah, we're here to enjoy life. We don't want to be like walking around, like struggling with health conditions no. or tired all the time or, yeah, just being told that that's the way it is. We have to live with it. It's like, no, we can actually, there's a lot that is in our control. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. I feel like we've hit a few amazing topics there. I know. <laughs> we covered the full foundations of healthy eating. I feel yeah. like that pretty much summarizes it. I think there's just one um, one other thing that we haven't touched on is water. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are almost the foundations of life? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, this is a good one to add in, and such an easy one to change. Yes. I think, like you said, those small changes, I think um, some people just don't even realise that they're dehydrated because, you know, a lot of us sit at our desks all day and we just don't think about drinking water. Like we might have a glass sitting there and we might finish a glass, but that is not enough. Our cells need water to function. Our body is made up of 70% of water. We need to stay hydrated. And I think just increasing your hydration, your fluid intake – can make such a difference to energy levels, to brain function, to how we feel. Yeah, definitely. Such a big one. So getting enough water, filtered water mm-hmm. would be our recommendation. Um, yeah, it gives our liver less to detoxify. So, yeah, just make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, filtered, good quality, plenty throughout the day. And the water formula is your body weight times by 33 That'll give you a milliliter amount of water that you need to drink per day. And that's a minimum. If you're sweating a lot or if you live in hot climates, um, increase that. If you're very active, increase it some more. Factor in electrolytes as well. If you find you're drinking lots of water and you're just not feeling satisfied and you're still thirsty, have things like some coconut water. It's nature's sports drink. Yep. Don't need none of that Gatorade or Powerade. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That is not real food. (laughs) Um, or something like adding a little bit of good quality salt into your yep. water, drop of like lime or lemon juice too. Yeah. Another nature sports drink and it will help with that electrolyte and fluid balance. Tea as well, as long yes. as it's not a caffeinated tea like black tea or green tea. Yeah. Herbal teas, great way, especially in winter. Yeah. Great way to get your fluid intake in um, because sometimes drinking a cold glass of water is not what we want. Yeah. Um, so, you know, things like peppermint chamomile, rubus, dandelion tea. You're hydrating yourself, but you're also getting the added benefit from that herb or spice or whatever tea that you are drinking. Yeah, so true. Something I will also add on teas is be careful of the types of tea you're buying. Some yes. of them have natural flavors. Yes, they do. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's very sad. Um, some plastic tea bags like they're yes. made out of plastic um there's some that are not so just make sure you're mindful of that ideally loose leaf yep. even better a little bit more annoying and fiddly because mm-hmm. you've got to clean your like leaf strainer thingy yeah <laughs> a proper name for that a tea strainer yeah tea yeah strainer, that. <laughs> 
Um, but it's worth it. And also I would recommend organic for teas because yep. they're often highly sprayed. Highly sprayed. Um, so if you're drinking a lot of it, like I am, <laughs> I drink a lot of tea. So going for like organic loose leaf is going to yep. be even better. Yeah, that's optimal. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, you can even make iced teas out of them. Yeah. Put uh, put your strainer in a jar of a jar or a jug of water, yeah. leave it overnight, and you've got iced tea that's flavoured, yeah. which will just help you drink more water throughout the day. Yeah, and you're getting those amazing benefits of the plants yeah. as well. So, yeah, tea for the win. Tea for the win. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. What a fun note to end on as well. So I hope you guys have learned a lot and now understand the foundations of healthy eating. Lots of this is very simple and it is all about just coming back to basics and nutrition and what we do is a lot about just uneducating um, and re-educating of being like, we've been so, we've been led astray so off the path. So it's just about being like, no, no, it's actually like become overcomplicated. This is what we do. And it's actually just eating how our ancestors ate. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Think like a caveman. (laughs) (laughs) That could be interesting. (laughs) I would like to see how society goes if we're like, go back to thinking that way. It would be quite interesting. It would be very interesting. Maybe don't go chase animals down the street and things like that, but um, (laughs) keep it real. Yeah, pretty (laughs) wise. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Katie. Um, Where can the listeners find you if they want to continue to follow your adventures? Katie is heading off on a year-long van trip. Um, So she's going to be sharing all of the beautiful places around Australia and probably some delicious meals from the road. (laughs) Yes, definitely. There will be lots of uh, van meals on Instagram. Uh, You can find me at two underscores Katie Barnes on Instagram. Amazing. We'll pop that in the show notes and everything as well. Thank you so much for being here. It's been so much fun. Thank you. I've had heaps of fun. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I'd absolutely love for you to leave me a review and let me know what you think. I'm always open to feedback and if you have any dream guests or topic requests, please feel free to send me a direct message or an email. If you know anyone else that this episode could benefit, I'd be so grateful if you could share it with them. Together, we can help even more people live a nourished life. Your support means so much to me and I appreciate you being here.